times where you take a risk and try something new, it seems to actually prove more useful. And even if it doesn't work, it actually gives you more of an idea for next time and, and it gives you something to learn from. Hello and welcome to No Fat Cats, the podcast where we help high-performing creative teams get even better. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. Hello from Uganda in East Africa. I'm recording this intro in, uh, in my hotel room in Uganda as I'm on a trip doing some podcasting and videos for a group that supports uh, USAID's Office of Education. So on an exciting trip, but uh, you know, if anything, doing this podcast has taught me the importance of setting goals and timelines for yourself. Because honestly, this month I have you know just really been busy with uh, you know vacation and this trip, so all great things. Uh, but the, it's been really tempting to. Um, you know, if I hadn't set a deadline for myself, it would be really tempting just to, uh, you know, let the podcast slide or, you know, not stick to it. But because I made the commitment to you, to myself and to you, uh, the listener that I would, you know, weekly put out a podcast Monday morning, here I am, uh, you know, at 1030 at night, making sure that, uh, this podcast is ready to go in the morning. And so that's why I want to encourage you guys with whatever kind of creative projects you are doing, set yourself a schedule and a timeline. And you might not know exactly what you're going to do every time. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to produce X thing by, you know, at this time and set a routine, you're just going to get better. And inevitably, what I've found is that when I set a goal of producing you know, a weekly podcast, it along the way, you just learn so much about doing a podcast than if I had just spent a lot of time speculating about how to do it. And so I, while there, it is important to always do strategy, and this podcast is going to talk about strategy, there is an importance in getting better at execution. And so, you know, along the way with, uh, you know, with this podcast for recording with Nate, I had originally wanted to record it in person with him. Um, he lives in Pittsburgh. And uh, that day I was driving from Indiana and I stopped to record a podcast with Angie. And, uh, but by the time I was going to be close to Pittsburgh, it would have been you know, eight o'clock at night and I still had to drive to DC. So I, it was just, just way too much. And so thankfully we have the, the zooms of the world where you can record such things as online conversations and they came in to save the day. Um, there were a few kinks that I had to work out in terms of, uh, keeping the audio channel separate. And so if, if ever you have any questions about that process, let me know. And, uh, and if you'd have a podcast yourself, reach out to me as I would love to hear what your process is, is that I've realized that. There's small things here and there that you can do that can really help save you a lot of time, uh, but sometimes learning those small tips uh, is a lot of work. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Nate Fussner, uh, friend and graphic designer from Wall Wall Studios in Pittsburgh. Here I am with Nate Fussner, who has been doing for the last what, 12, 15 years, been doing branding, design, website, strategy work. And so we're have him on the show for a podcast looking at branding and, um, you know, kind of design in general and what that strategy is like going in. So, uh, Nate, I know, you know, early on is everyone when they're just getting started, they tend to get a lot of simple requests where, you know, it's like, Hey, I, I need a logo. And, you become that friend in you know college who is a little bit better at designing things than everyone else, and then after a while, I'm sure people started just asking you for things. Um, but then after a while, you start to really pick up on. You realize that you know just designing a logo isn't. After a while, it's, it, 
it, it works for some people, but they're going to need a little bit more and a little bit more. And so would you be able to kind of talk me through that process of, of your career, your evolution and how you've grown um, and just how, how you started off getting into the field? Sure. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I guess in terms of how I started off, uh, just was always interested in um, the aesthetics of things and I was into drawing as a kid and uh, growing up building with Legos and um, always wanting to create things. And so kind of fell into this path of design um, through some just uh, exploration in college of different possible possibilities. Um, and really I was more interested in the art side at first and I, I didn't even really know what design was or graphic design or even what branding necessarily entailed. Um, I was just interested in um, making something uh, that was interesting and um, in the act of creating. And over time, uh, started to learn more about design and how it, uh, you know, in some ways it's different than art and uh, that it solves problems. And I think that's where, um, you know, that's where I become most interested in, in helping people solve problems through design. So that's how yeah, I currently uh, work in terms of um, branding, uh, thinking about how to solve people's problems through design, helping them see um, how they represent themselves and express themselves, um, and not just one, one area, but in um, all the different touch points and ways that they're um, working in and being represented. No, that that's uh, definitely super helpful because there is always that that balance between working in art. You know, is it is it art? Is it business? You know, what what space is it? Um, and I think that that is the beauty is that when you can kind of work in that middle space where you know you are doing art, but at the same time you're also solving someone's problems. Um, and, and I know I've definitely heard that debate of is it are you an artist or are you a business person? And uh, it's like somewhere in the middle, and um, def- where it's definitely where things get get interesting. Um, and I don't know. Also, you mentioned when you're younger, you you were into drawing. It's like you know, actually, I think that probably was all of us. But the key was that that some of us just stopped being interested in drawing. Uh, at one point, I was at a talk where uh, he it was this like awesome artist, and he people asked him like, "Oh, when did you get into drawing?" And then, or no, when did you start drawing? And he answered with, "When did you stop drawing?" <laughs> Because I think all of us uh, start off drawing at some point and then eventually just stop for, for whatever reason. No, but, but along the lines of, of problems, um, you know, what is it, what problems do you find that people come with a brand, um, brand problems that maybe they're not even aware of that, that they have, um, but that you help help address or that you have to help walk them through? Off the reason they, they come um, to where they are asking for some type of logo or uh, rebranding or branding in general is that they are either trying to um, launch something new, whether they, that's a new business that they're creating or a new product or service, uh, or they're trying, they're realizing that what they have currently have is no longer representing them well. Maybe they've grown um, over the past few years um, and where they are currently is not representative of they've been communicating. Maybe they've, they started off um, sort of uh, scrappy and, um, you know, just trying to get things off the ground. And, you know, that was several years ago and they've since become more, say, more credible or more, um, they, they've figured out things 
more in their business and they know kind of where they're going more so they can have um, a better idea of what they can invest into branding and maybe the branding at that point will help them get to the next level that they want to be. So they actually have some sort of uh, idea in mind of where they want to be in regards to how they relate to uh, either their customers or their audience um, and either their current communication and their signals and the visual messages that they're sending out are not existent and they're trying to figure out what that is or uh, what the, it just does not fit who they are anymore and, and what they, where they want to be in the future. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, you, you, let's say you're either starting off or you're joining a company that's already, already big, but at some point they were in that scrappy spot where they're just, you're cobbling things together. You're, you know, trying to make do with what you have. You know, I guess at what stage do you actually find it's actually beneficial to to actually invest in branding? Because I know I know at times, you know, if you are starting off and you're like not even paying yourself or let's say you're a startup, you know, doing something creative, but you're, you know, you're like barely making buy. Like, would you at that stage, would you really in- recommend people to invest in something or would you really recommend it once they're at a certain spot where they can can actually afford? Like, how, how would you help people know when they're ready and when they should invest in in branding? or when they should invest like larger amounts in branding? That's a good question. I think uh, from the point of view of someone just starting out, maybe launching a, a new business, there's other parts of that that are probably more important than the branding at that aspect. So if they don't know yet who their possible customer is, they don't know what problem they're solving for that customer, if they don't have an idea of what their solution is going to be, then those are really key parts of a business that if th- those aren't figured out, then your business isn't going to work. So having a, having a, having a, uh, at least a target customer, having a target problem that they have and, and a solution, uh, if those three things are in place, then the branding does no good because you're, you're signaling, you don't know, even know what to signal. There's no, the, the branding has to work with uh, who you are and what you offer. So you have to know at least uh, what you're going to be doing before you try to do the branding. Otherwise, it's sort of a wasted, uh, it's a wasted effort um, because yeah. you're kind of making a shell with nothing inside. So those key, really, really key important things have to be at least you have to be willing to uh, invest in those areas first. And maybe, you know, someone who just starting, is starting off doesn't have every aspect of their business figured out and that's okay. But having those, a good idea of those areas and at least having maybe tested it out first would be great because then you have better knowledge of who your target um, audience or customer is and what they uh, want or need and how to even talk to them. So if you don't know how to talk to them in a way that connects with them, then the branding has a lot less uh, to go off of. There's not, there's not a foundation for the branding to, to work. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's a, a good point. Cause I actually just recently this week had a conversation. Uh, I had met a guy at uh, I was out, out filming and I met a guy who was doing a, a marketing internship for a restaurant and he was like, Oh man, we really need like a video uh, for for a restaurant to go on Instagram, and then 
we went out into the meeting and had a, had a meeting with the owner. And at one point, we were even and, and this the way they advertised, it was kind of more of a they advertised like a coffee house grill. Um, and so when you walk in, you would see there's like this ice cream. There's like these like bakery. There are these like drinks up front, a coffee machine. Um, and then through the process of talking with them, they're like, well, we actually want to we actually want to be known a little more for dinner. Um, and actually as a, cause dinner is more of a high ticket item than, than coffee. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I actually couldn't tell that you serve dinner by looking at your website or looking at anything in your store. Um, you know, all their colors were kind of like these brown colors, more like a, a coffee shop. Um, and, and then I asked them like, oh, well, how do you like, who's your target audience or who are we trying to like, oh, we want everyone to come. We have something for everyone. It's like, all right, well, I, I get that you have something for everyone, but like, what are you actually wanting to, like, do? And then at the end, I was like, look, you, you guys don't need a video. You need to work on, like, getting that core audience, like, get your branding in terms of, like, colors. And then maybe think about getting a video. But, uh, yeah, at this point, I can't I can't really recommend it. Because, like, I, like their message was totally unclear in terms of what they were trying to communicate. Um, they definitely needed some branding help. I mean, they didn't even need branding help. They needed, like, business help first. <laughs> Um, so too, I, I would love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, when it comes to, do you have any, any examples of, of clients who, um, have had a hard time and obviously don't need to say any names or anything, but do you have any examples of clients that have had a, haven't gotten something and you had to like walk them through a process or, or what are common mistakes that you see when, when interacting with, with people? A common issue when designing, uh, is that, it can be very subjective at times and it's easy for people to latch on to their personal preferences of what they like or don't like. And while a lot of times that can be helpful, uh, sometimes that actually is a hindrance to, uh, again, reaching the audience that, you're trying to reach. So the challenge with, with doing something where you're um, in the act of you know, creating uh, visual messages is that uh, there's going to be a level of sub- subjectivity. It's not a, it's not a hard science. There's definitely art involved. And so when that's involved, there's strong, a lot of strong times of strong opinions, you know, around color, for example, um, or fonts or whatever that may be that someone may have a really strong opinion towards. And if their opinion is based on their knowledge of the people that they're trying to reach, uh, then that's totally fine. That should be listened to. Um, but if it's based on just only their pure, purely their personal preference, uh, it's going to be a challenge in general uh, with branding because you have to kind of be able to look outside of it and look at it from the perspective of your target audience and, and how they would react to it. You know, that, that's a good point. Cause I, I can especially imagine that if there are, uh, you know, you're dealing with multiple people in a space and everyone has things, Oh, I think this color should be red or I think it should be blue. And it's like, all right, well, how are you making, making your, your decisions? Um, or is that just like what color you like better or, um, so how, how do you help people walk through that process of figuring out, you know, should something be brown or sh- should something be red? Um, 
and have it not be just a personal preference? How, how do you walk people through that process? It's always good to point back to some of the bigger goals and objectives. And that's uh, really important to have that kind of conversation at the very beginning of a project, even even before the start of the project, understanding those those key goals and objectives, because then it keeps the conversation about that end goal and less about little nuances and details that can sort of derail things quickly if they're not in check. Uh, so having those clear goals out front um, really sets the tone for the rest of the process. And, ha- and then from those goals, know, again, coming back to knowing who it is you're trying to reach and what uh, things that you are trying to convey then give you sort of a, a roadmap or a, a blueprint of, of where uh, you can head with the visual design. And that can help determine things like color in terms of feeling uh, because, you know, there's a lot of studies around the psychology of color and um, how people interpret color in certain, certain contexts. And so then you can always frame the conversation in terms of that, um, in terms of those aspects and, and less on the subjectivity. And now, now there are times when, you know, the color may not matter as much. And so if it means it's going to get the buy-in of key, key people, then by all means, you know, change the color. But uh, it has to be, you know, in service of, of broader goals and not just, um, just on a whim. Now, well, I really like that example of, uh, you know, the importance of just setting the goals. I, I often find that that is a, a big thing that, that people would do that who are managing a project on like more of the client side, if they, if they just articulated their goals more and then um, let people, actually the creatives kind of come up with that, like a good idea or, or multiple ideas to, to fit that goal. They, they'd in the end, they, they would have a much better process or, or product than if they had just started going into what they're envisioning and imagining. So what, what process do you like to go through in terms of getting people to articulate goals first? Is that what you do at the very beginning uh, through a process when you're working with people? Definitely. Yeah, that's something that uh, definitely needs to be talked about at the outset of a project and that can come in different ways, either from when you know, someone is reaching out with um, a project and they, they want to see if, you know, you can, if you can solve their problem for you uh, or if you're on a, you know, internal team and, uh, you know, someone within your company is, is asking for a project, there needs to be some type of meeting at the beginning or at least, um, conversation that happens that you can understand those key goals. And from there, then you can understand where things may need to go and understanding the goals will help steer things in a way that, like you said, with that example, with the, the restaurant, what they'd really, they didn't really need a video. They needed, uh, you know, more understanding of their business. And that's a different project altogether. Um, so it's not always taking, 
you know, exactly what people say they need without investigating it further. You know, listening, obviously listening to what people uh, are coming to you for, but also understanding the reasoning why behind it. So asking, basically asking why <laughs> will help uncover those deeper goals because they might not say the goal right up front because they might not necessarily, they might not necessarily know uh, all the reasons why they, they want it. They just, they, they might've had that desire there for a, a few days. Maybe it's been there, you know, for a year or longer and they might not know how to articulate all those different reasons why, but um, someone asking them will pull out some of those bigger goals. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, how often would you say, and I know you, you tended to work with some, you know, some, some bigger clients, but how often do you feel like the client comes to you and completely knows their problem from the very beginning? Um, you know, what do you say? Is that, you know, like 50% or is it more of people know they have a problem and they, they, they articulate what they think is the solution. They come to you to produce that solution and then you actually have to tease out what the what the problem actually is. Do you have any any thoughts on on what that looks like for you? A lot of times, I think people have an idea of um, they may not know exactly what they need, but they they do tend to know what um, they 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 tend to have a feeling that something is missing. So. They, they know that there is there is a gap that they're trying to to meet and it may be that they they they, they know they want to be perceived in some way that they are not currently or they know that they um, want to um, reach someone that they're not currently so they usually they usually have some underlying reason uh, they may just not know the best way to, to do that. And they, they may think right away that, that, uh, you know, the, the way to do that is through branding or, or, or marketing of some kind. Uh, but it does take someone to really investigate to see further what things they, they do have already. And, you know, and this is where probably more strategy comes in and this is, can be almost a, an, its own project as well, but you know maybe there's really more messaging that's required. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it. I'm trying to think of specific examples where you know people have come with it, absolutely. Usually, they have some kind of idea. It's just they need to, to more definition around it. So they know something's wrong and they know that they need to work on something, but maybe they need to still um, kind of define it a little bit more and define and figure out what that solution looks like. So Nate, I know you've been working with, uh, with wall to wall um, as a kind of an art designer or what is your specific title? Uh, senior designer. Um, and I would love to hear a little bit, you know, everyone spends a lot of time refining their process, or if they don't spend a lot of time refining their process, they will at some point learn that they need to refine their process. <laughs> um, do you have any tips? Like wh how much can you share about what that's like for you when you sit down with a client, walk them through uh, a process, the strategy to kind of come up with a plan for what they're hoping to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Process is 
really important, uh, especially you know the more the more work you do, um, having a a very clear process uh, really helps guide the work and guide the execution, so that it uh, ends up obviously meeting so those those end goals that are that were um, decided on in in the strategy phase. Um, but definitely a process is always changing, I would say. Uh, it never should just be static and stagnant. So one thing that uh, you know we've done in the past is just taking a look at uh, ways that we can improve. So at the end of a project, going back and, and talking uh, among team members and seeing you know what worked, what didn't work, um, what things did we try that just um, flat out failed or what are things did we try that uh, really uh, were successful and we should you know, start um, bringing into the process as a normal a part of what we do. So having those conversations is important. Um, and it does take um, the willingness to, to change along the way. Um, so it's, a, it's definitely a balance of being disciplined um, but also being able to be spontaneous where um, it's required. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I think, think there's, there's um, um, yeah, so much truth there because, you know, if, if you have, if you don't have a process at all, the client's going to be, you know, confused and you're not going to be able to have that continuity as people come and go or you pull people in for a project. Um, but if you're too rigid that you can't be flexible, then, uh, you know, you're just going to miss out on the opportunity to be creative. Um, so, so through that process, do you have any, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, you mentioned you had a few, you know, a few failures. I think we've all had failures. And, you know, I, I know I learned way more from failures. Do you have any examples of, you know, things you tried that just didn't, didn't work well so that you could, you know, potentially save someone else the, the, the headache there? So a lot of times, you know, things that become more uh, clear in a process are not necessarily the things that I'd say that are, maybe uh, not necessarily the risks that are taken because a lot of times those can be prove really useful. It's more of where things haven't been done. So a lot of times um, there's just areas where perhaps uh, in designing something it's uh, delayed or it is um, just not... Uh, documented or, or thought of. And so oftentimes those holes in the process are actually the most, um, th those are where the, the, oftentimes the failure happens. And it's interesting because oftentimes I would say that the times where you take a risk and try something new, it seems to actually prove more useful. And even if it doesn't work, it actually gives you more uh, of an idea for next time and, and it gives you something to learn from. It's where you don't do something that actually um, can cause some big problems. So for example, um, not taking into account um, a certain aspect of say uh, a website, uh, for example, those can be big projects that uh, have a lot of different parts to them. And if, for example, you're, you're, design uh, leaves out key portions and you think, well, you know, we'll figure that out when we start building it. Uh, 
can actually cause big headaches down the road. So you're almost sort of putting things off and just moving this sort of debt towards the end of the process uh, where things tend to start falling apart. Uh, as the longer a project goes, you know, either, um, you know, deadlines become <laughs> closer and closer and you have less time to work uh, or, you, you know, the budget starts to be, be blown and um, you start basically um, putting more time and effort into it than what was, um, what was agreed on in, at the beginning of the project. But, um, you know, sort of those, those sort of holes, I would say, end up causing the most, the most risk for failure rather than uh, trying new things. No, I think that that's a good point is that it, it's not so much when you were being intentional and, and taking risks that you find that people tend to make mistakes. You're saying it's actually when people don't do what something they're supposed to, they don't uh, think through things and just kind of put that whole planning process, you know, off until later to, I know, you know, kind of from the video background that there, there there's always way more, not, there's way more failures, not when we think, oh yeah, I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to try it. But the failures tend to be, yeah, let's just, you know, shoot something. And then afterwards, let's see what we get. And, uh, yeah, let's make something happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, more often than not, uh, you know, it's the, let's see what we get and make it work that it just doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times too, uh, you mentioned planning, planning really, that's one of those key areas where those holes can be. So, and even it can be something small, like not reaching out to say a, uh, maybe a vendor who's going to be, um, a key part of the process. Uh, for example, like a printer. And I've definitely run into this before myself where, you know, worrying so much about the design and, and it, not uh, actually talking to the person actually producing it and realizing towards the time that it needs to be um, produced that there are these major parts of the project that are going to be really difficult to produce uh, and definitely in the time that's required. So again, it's uh, being able to kind of almost working backwards from the end goal uh, and the end product and what needs to be executed and, and, making those steps, planning out those steps, um, working backwards will help kind of fill in those key areas. No, great. So when you're working on a, on a project that is ultimately going to have some sort of like physical manifestation or a website, how do you have any general ideas on how much do you spend on the planning side? So thinking through goals, planning before you actually jump into the kind of design phase? You know, it's uh, a lot of times that the planning and the discussion and those goal setting, uh, a lot of it's done up front and it can actually sometimes feel, especially to clients who are walking through it, like it's uh, taking up a lot of time. And because uh, if you look at sort of the breakdown of the entire you know, process and, and for a project like a website, for example, it's not a majority of the project. Obviously, there's a lot of execution that has to happen, but it is more than what people might think. I'm trying to think of you know what a percentage breakdown would be, but definitely the more can be that can be solved at the very beginning of the project, the better it's going to be. So uh, a lot of it is just defining the problem 
um, I heard a re- quote recently, I, I can't remember where it's from, but um, basically that, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> you can spend, you know, days basically defining the problem and then maybe an hour actually implementing it and, and you'd be better off <laughs> than the other way around. So once you really understand the problem, then you know what the solution is going to be and how, and how to go about it. So, you know, the, the, but, you know, there's a time obviously where you have to stop planning and just start doing, but uh, it's definitely for, for larger projects and for larger undertakings, it can't be taken lightly. No, I, I mean, I can definitely see that myself. And um, I know sometimes uh, the people that can be the most frustrating are those who don't want to take time to plan um, and just want to kind of jump in and do things. And uh, inevitably, it always comes back to to bite you later on when you know you want to you know that things are going to turn out bad if you don't plan. Um, and then when you try to work with someone who doesn't plan, it just yeah, you realize like, all right, this it doesn't work. <laughs> it, it's 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 especially challenging for I would say you know without stereotyping, but creative people and designers, especially me, you know, my first instinct would be to actually just start diving in and start creating and and um coming up with ideas and concepts uh and, and you're good at that too so you you know you're, you're like i could do this and uh which and in your case you definitely can do that because i've seen your work it's great um but it but it sounds like ultimately uh you've gone through the ringer enough to know that you're gonna be better off doing the planning first exactly yeah yeah, you kind of have to resist the urge right at the very beginning of a, of a project, especially something that you're excited about, to just start diving in without having those important conversations. All right, thanks. Well, um, hey, well, it really has been a pleasure talking with you, Nate, just about design. I know even I've had uh, in our conversation here just a few great takeaways about uh, you know that plan and just really thinking through the goal and um, really taking time to just define the problem. Um, I know I have a few projects coming up where... Um, you know, they have this like a few ideas and we're, we're working on things, but you know, they haven't necessarily defined the problem right away. And um, so I, I will definitely be pushing them to really define the problem. So that way we, we make sure we have the right, um, you know, the right, right solution. So, uh, you know, making sure if, you know, if, when you have a, when you have a hammer, uh, you know, everything looks like a nail or isn't that how the saying goes or something like that. <laughs> um, but when you, uh, when you define the problem first, then you can actually get the right tool to, to actually fix it. Exactly. So if anyone wants to check out the work that you've been a, been a part of, uh, kind of the best way to go in, going into to wall to walls website or any recommendations there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously uh, check out wall to wall studios.com. Uh, actually it's like it's wall to wall.com. And, uh, so my personal website is natefussner.com. Natefussner.com. All right, sweet. And then are you on, do the uh, the social medias at all? Or? Uh, I do have Instagram and I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't post often, uh, but I am, on those, I am on those platforms. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, when you think about all the things going on, uh, you know, I have this love-hate relationship with social media because, uh, you know, it can definitely take up a lot of your mental power. Um, and I've just realizing, you know, more and more how limited my mental capacity actually is. Uh, you know, I think when you start off, you're like, oh, I could do all this stuff. And then you start realizing, like, to actually do things well, 
uh, you know, your brain's a muscle and after a while it just gets fatigued and you start dropping the ball when you're trying to do too much. Yeah, it's social media is one of those things that can easily just totally uh, drag a, a lot of mental power out of you. Yeah, and, and that's why too, uh, I felt like that doing the podcast was something that you know, I've been thinking about mulling around for a bit, but then uh, was finally, it was kind of opportunity to do something, yet at the same time, didn't necessarily require just spending time um, doing social media, but was the kind of medium that was just really fun for me and something a little bit different, uh, that representing a little bit of a change from kind of like the past 10 years of just doing video and, and some photography. Well, hey, well, well, thanks so much, Nate. It's been a pleasure uh, having you on No Fat Cats uh, and helping high-performing creative teams uh, get even better. So thanks for being on the on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the No Fat Cats podcast, where we help high-performing teams get even better. Join in next week for a conversation with Colin Belt from Bell Creative as we talk about the tips for running a creative team and the importance of really operating in kind of your genius zone that space where, the, where you can really excel and be awesome at what you do if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and if you know of someone who'd be interested in it please feel free to share it with them thanks for listening and see you next week